When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jarris Johnson, welcome to the show once again. Thank you so much for making time for this. I want to apologize in advance because uh, I woke up sick today and I'm uh, loopy on DayQuil. So if my vibes are weird... I apologize in advance, and my voice sounds even dorkier than usual, if that's possible. So I, please accept my apology. Go, should I go do some fucking acid to just um, go full loopy mode on this whole thing, or what? What, what are we doing here? Uh, that, or you could maybe um, do some voodoo, you know, uh, call up Azalea Banks and, uh, you know, get some, like, chicken bones out of her closet. I don't know. <laughs> I've been, no- you know, I've been known to cast a spell or two in my time. So yeah, we could, we could go there. Well, before we get into it, I have lots of questions, but before we get into it, I got to know, would you rather watch the video of Dave Ellison from Megadeth jerking it for an hour on loop choice number one, or behind door number two, be trapped in a room of tool fans for an entire day? <laughs> um, look, okay. I actually, um, <clears throat> I'm going to commit the cardinal sin of saying that I actually like a couple of Tool songs. Oh, I thought you were going to say you like the Dave Ellison video. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I I could go my whole life without watching that video <laughs> and be very happy about it. It was so. pretty impressive, to be honest. I mean, at his age, like the volume. <laughs> yeah, the, I was impressed. The amount, yeah, you know, you could you could make some money off of an amount that high. You yeah, know, well, you got listen, extra Dave. Around, might as well. This, you know? This might be a silver lining, a blessing in disguise. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know. I would take the tool fans because at least, you know, I could talk to them about the two and a half songs I actually like of, of tool, you know, um, but there's really no winning. There's really no winning the other one. Um, so, yeah. OK, well, fair enough. Well, the main thing I wanted to talk about is you know sort of where you're at now in your career that you are now independent um after being on 300 the same label as fetty wap and megan the stallion and young thug and (laughs) it was a weird move to begin (laughs) you know i'll i'll uh admit that well i mean if someone you know i mean that's leo cohen's thing right yeah i mean if you know if uh they want to sign you to leo cohen's label then you know it'd be hard to say no but let's so let's let's talk through the whole thing um, how you ended up on the same label as Megan the Stallion. So you went viral on TikTok in what, 2021? Yep. Uh, all to part 2020, late 2020. Okay. Yeah. That was when we first, I mean, I think, I mean, a lot's, a lot has changed since we last um, talked in this format. Um, obviously, you know, we're privately friends and we've gotten to know each other <laughs> over the past like couple of years. But I think the first time that we talked, I actually, I mean, that, I think that was literally the first time we actually ever talked mm-hmm. was on the first podcast, like three years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that was about when I had first gotten signed, you know, and I don't remember, I don't even remember if I said anything about, if we even talked about, you know, me signing to a label or anything like that. And I don't remember at all. I don't think so. This was before you did the Papa Roach thing. And Nickelback's, or no, you had done the Nickelback thing, but you hadn't done the Papa Roach thing. That was just about to yeah. come out. I mean, I got signed pretty fast, honestly, from Damn, you know, from the right. very viral, you know, video. And the, the way it worked was, you know, I went, but this was back in, you know, I'm talking like a fucking boomer already, but this was back in like the heyday, you know, of TikTok a few right. years ago when like everybody was, labels were signing everything. You know, that was popping on. Oh, you had a viral song on TikTok, multi million dollar record deal. Like, 
click the fucking button, sign on the dotted line. I mean, left and right it was crazy. And is that um, not happening anymore? No, not not at all. Because I think that they've gotten burned enough times where I mean, if it's possible for a label to get burned, I guess it kind of is. But like they've signed enough fucking dorks right. that actually suck that just got lucky and went viral on TikTok. That like, oh, maybe we shouldn't just sign a person who's maybe not like an actual talented Musician. artist or something. Yeah. There, you know, maybe we should uh, think a little bit more deeply <laughs> about what we're signing rather than just like whatever the first thing that's going, you know, whatever's the number one trending sound on right. TikTok. So because look, you can like, yeah, a lot of sounds on TikTok are from good songs or whatever, but a lot of them are just like stupid you know yeah. and they're not actually made by like an artist that wants to like have a f good career it's not and really quickly i also wanted to mention my patreon if you like what i do on youtube and everywhere else joining my patreon really helps me do this full time and worry less about videos getting demonetized by youtube or copyright claimed by labels patrons get all my podcasts and main channel videos early there are members only channels in my discord that i'm super active in i also do giveaways for example i've been giving away a lot of emos not dead merch and you can also have me review your music, artwork, or anything else. All you need to do is join my Patreon at the $10 level, and then every month I do a call for submissions. If you want me to review something, just drop it in the comments of that post, and then I will review it live on Twitch. So if any of that sounds cool to you, hit the link in the description of this video, and I appreciate your support. It's not really a song. It's just the punchline to a joke, because the line in the song is like, my dick's yeah. so big or something. Yeah. And who knows why, you know, it's like, and, and things I've had multiple sounds go viral and, you know, I've had sounds that I thought were going to like, could be a sound and go viral that like didn't get any uses. And then I've had sounds that got like a hundred thousand uses parts of my song or whatever that I'm like, Oh, I wouldn't have chose that part. So, right. And it really is like the luck of the draw with most uh, viral kind of sounds, you know, and to chase that dragon anymore in 2023 is just like a lost cause because meaning trying as an artist trying to go viral yeah trying to get a viral sound on tiktok is so stupid because i mean most of the time especially in the rock and metal world like you look at the viral sounds that have come out of the rock and metal world in the past couple of years and it's all from bands that have been doing this for like 10 years almost 10 years yeah you yeah. got Lord of Shore, yeah, Bad, Bad Omens. People think of Bad Omens like a new band, but they're like eight or nine years old already. Yeah. Uh, Sleep Token, all same thing. Uh, fucking Ghost, you know, the big, right, band, right. Ghost, a huge TikTok sound, almost like a million uses or something. Right. And band for fucking 13 years or something. Right. Like, so, you know, the way you, the way that I would now think of trying to get, I mean, it's kind of just the way I've shifted my perspective in general since being like the viral TikTok kid or whatever is like what really, truly matters is creating actual great art and great music and building a great brand. That is what really matters. And then when the time is right, your fans will fucking make a sound part of your song go viral mm -hmm. when the time is right. When you've got the right song, when you've made great art, when you've built up a brand, it will happen. You know, that's that's the way it works. So um, we kind of got off track a little bit. But well, for like anybody who doesn't lot, know, yeah. you are a very, very talented musician beyond what people may have heard. I mean, like I've said before, you can play every instrument better than probably 90 percent of people in like pro like established bands. And correct. You <laughs> might. <laughs> People might not have known that, you know, from TikTok in 2020. Did 300 know that about you or would like, did they get to know you? Or was it just like, oh, you got a hot song. Let's do this. Here's some money. Let's go. It was mainly that. But we did have a uh, like a private playlist of like, a, you know, maybe eight or nine demos, you know, of other songs that definitely made it. I wasn't just like the I was like, damn guy, <laughs> you know, like. So they, they knew that you had more than that. They knew that I had more than that uh, coming to the table. And obviously that song like, is great, by the way. I mean, it is. I mean, it's it has taught me a lot about what makes a hit song, you know, because obviously like any artist, I mean, this is like the most stereotypical thing to say, but it's like I've, I don't even I don't like that song. I don't want to play that song. You know, it's sure. fucking stupid to me, whatever. But that's the thing is like I, I learned and realized 
over the course of kind of doing this that I perceived myself in a way that was completely different than how people perceived me. And as an an artist, you you can't, it's actually not up to you how people perceive you and how people perceive your art. Even aside from art, this is just true of like life in general. Yeah, it's true of life in general. And you, you genuinely, you know, I, I think of my, you know, I had thought of myself as this fucking, you know, like boundary pushing, multi-talented, forward thinking producer and songwriter making this like future of rock, like new shit. And then people are just like, uh-huh, Nickelback. Or <laughs> oh, you're the TikTok rapper. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Like, it's just, yeah. they thought like, of- No, no. <laughs> Please, no. You know, they just thought of me so differently and yeah. personally so differently than what I thought. And part of that is also a little bit my fault because, you know, I I probably leaned into some things that were getting me some clout and just virality, you know, a little bit more that weren't necessarily like completely authentic to like who I am, you know, just like, I don't know, fucking being like a white trash, like kid rock guy, like a early part of like my brand, like, fuck you, I smoke cigarettes and drink beer and I fucking rap about bitches. Like, you like know. Like back when DaBaby still wore diapers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I I definitely, you know, leaned into something. I, you know, I leaned into, I was like, all right, well, if people are going to perceive me this way anyways, I might as well fucking like go, go all the way, you know, and just like make it a whole fucking thing. And it worked, you know, it worked to a certain extent, but um, I think a big part of what this past couple of years being like new, you know, like my whole freshman kind of like saga in the yeah. music industry, you know, I am like, a, uh, I am a new man, you know, than when, uh, we first talked. Yeah. Back it seems then. like it. I, I, it's just like, I, I have gained such a different, uh, perspective on like what it takes <laughs> and what, who I am. You know, that was a big thing is like one of the hardest parts as an artist is genuinely trying to figure out like who you are as an artist, especially for somebody like me who likes a lot of different genres, has the ability to make a lot of different genres, can do this, can do that. Like, it's like I I was a big mistake I made uh, over the past couple of years was I I did everything because I could not because good. You know, I, I meaning like uh, different genres and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, one song I'm fucking rapping, hyper pop, glitching my fucking vocals out and doing these crazy like metal things and all the shit. And then the next song I'm doing like an acoustic butt rock fucking ballad. Then the next song I'm doing like a fucking frat boy, beastie boys thing. And then I'm doing a fucking kid rock trap nickelback thing. And I'm just, I was just all over the place. And why do you think it sounds like you believe that was a mistake? I do believe it was a mistake because I think that, um, in order to, you know, if you look at, uh, all of the greatest artists, you know, throughout history, bands and, and artists included, you know, they, a great artist has a sound, you know, like, right. You know what a fucking slipknot song sounds like. They're not going to give you a scar. Yeah, <laughs> you know what a fuck. You know what a fucking Migo song sounds like, or Lil Uzi, or whatever the fuck. Like, the great artists that blow up have a sound because they're doing something that only they can do. You right. know, it's that sound, whatever. So, you know, I was, I, I failed to develop truly my sound. I experimented with a lot of different things that could turn into my sound. You know, like I could have made a whole album. I feel like I would probably be literally at least three or four times as successful and popular right now if I just made my whole entire first album like damn the album. And I was just like the fucking like Nickelback, Kid Rock, like yeah. rap kid. If I just like did that thing for 12 tracks and like branded it perfectly, like I guarantee I'd be like at least four times as popular right now. Do you think you would have been happy doing that? No, because I don't think that, uh, gra- I don't think that is who I truly am and what, who, what 
I don't think that was is what would have truly captured me. You know, yeah. I it would have been successful and I could have done it. And I and I am smart enough to market something like that and know and I would know how to brand that. But like, I just don't think it it, it wouldn't have fulfilled me. And it also would have then you'd done, be like riffraff. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd be like stuck because I because I, I would have gotten even more famous for doing yeah. something that and i would have been really really fucking perceived like a certain way you know another way that i feel like probably honestly probably the main way that i've been perceived at least in the rock and metal community is like the cover song remix guy right which is way worse which is yeah way worse (laughs) which also sucks you know but it was such a dichotomy i mean those are good i mean i like those a lot but you don't you know you don't want to be that guy i don't want to be that fucking guy but the problem is, is it was it was it was so like unhurt. Like I was doing something that was so like unprecedented because I wasn't just making a cover song and like putting it on you, like metal cover of Taylor. Right, right, right. Like (laughs) literally like making one of Slipknot was pop punk. Yeah. I'm not, not, it wasn't that I was literally making like a brand new interpretation of a classic rock and metal song with the original band that did it. So like it was so, Cool. And I was also getting, you know, I was, I, it got me in the room with Papa Roach and Ollie and bring me and all these, you know, situations where I, I was just like a kid, like on a fucking roller coaster, like, holy shit, my life is fucking crazy. I'm like hanging out with fucking Oliver Sykes and Jacoby Shaddix making these remixes and stuff. And it was so cool and it was so fun. So it felt good and it felt like the right thing to do. And it was like, you know, really helping me build like a little bit of a following. But then as soon as I went and drop, you know, you drop a original song after that, nobody cares because they're following you to see a certain thing. And you just get so defined and so pigeonholed, you know, in, in whatever people are perceiving. So what I learned and what I've really thought about moving forward is okay, I need to now for this next phase and for this next album, I need to to go away for a while and I need to do some soul searching and really discover who I truly am as an artist and then exclusively put that out into the world so people understand and perceive who I truly am as an artist. You know, that is what was important to me over the past, like really year or so. And, um, and I feel like, I mean, I've only really dropped like, you know, one song from this new phase so far and it's already fucking blowing, you know, it's like going to be my number one song on Spotify here pretty soon. Cause it's moving wow. so fast. So it's obviously working. And, um, and I feel really just good. And finally, like people are finally seeing like the real, I'm finally making the music that my soul like has wanted to make, you know, and it doesn't mean I'm completely getting rid of like pushing the boundaries or, you know, being a forward thinking artist at all. I'm doing actually, you know, um, even more of that than I ever have with most of the songs on this upcoming album. But um, I just, I finally just have tapped into like making something for me and not for other people, not because I thought it was going to bring me fame or clout or it was going to make kids think I'm a cool rapper or was it going to make this thing like I, I'm just making something for me, for my soul. And I think it's it comes off. It's it's going to work that much better because it's just true and it's authentic and it's it's who I am. I think maybe the stuff you were doing before, like my sword is probably like my favorite song you've done. That's it- the closest thing to to what this new album sounds like okay it, it may be at that time it was just maybe a little bit more than people were ready for because it's yeah. like it's so fucking wild yeah. and just bizarre yeah. I, yeah. I love it and i totally get it but i just i i feel like people might just not have been ready for it at that time yeah i i agree um and you know that's that's part of what being a forward-thinking artist you kind of comes with the territory you know you're you're gonna have things that go underappreciated yeah. you know you're doing something that's that outside the box, you know? So, um, you just got to OD, then everyone will anoint you as a genius. <laughs> yeah. I need to, I mean, it's an option. Habit. I, I know. If, if I don't know if it's worth it, that's your call to make. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not, you know, I like my health and my clarity in my brain. So, um, <laughs> it's a good thing that it's not worth it. But I, that's also another perception that kind of 
pisses me off is like this like uh you know fucking like oh troubled genius thing like i'm like a relatively happy and healthy person i have my own problems and my own emotions like anybody but like i feel like i i definitely like have my shit together in life and um and i don't think i need to be like a fucking whack job with a drug problem in order to make and make insane art you know i just I mean, don't it probably would help to make it more marketable unfortunately you know because know. like for real i mean people just love to watch a train wreck yeah i, I mean, think like, i'm look at like Blueface over the last year or two yeah yeah it's like the, the, the and he's a the smart track. guy he's a really really smart guy yeah playing like the, to some extent you know it's just it's like the crash you can't look away from it's just yeah. like people you know negativity always gets more attention than positive it just does i don't know why it is absolutely the way humans are wired i'll tell tell you why um i think so there's in psychology they study it it's called negativity bias and it's a real thing and i think from an evolutionary perspective it's because it's more important for you to remember where the saber-toothed tiger lives than how pretty the sunset was yesterday yeah the danger aspect of it yeah i think i think that's why yeah that does make sense um so, yeah, I mean, and look, I'm sure I'm a fucking loud person and I have lots of opinions. I'm sure I'll probably get myself into plenty of trouble in the future. There we go. <laughs> you know, I'm sure I'll I'll have no problem getting attention for something else. You know, I don't need I don't need to have a drug problem on top of it. Probably. Getting canceled is another option. <laughs> yeah, getting canceled is another option, um, which, you know, whatever. Uh, it seems like it just kind of happens to people no matter what you fucking do, no matter how hard you try not to. <laughs> yeah artists not to get canceled are usually the ones that end up getting canceled anyways. So So, do do you think in hindsight that um, signing to like a rap label who's sort of, I I feel like a label like that, it's kind of like if you're not going to be thug or Megan or whatever, it's kind of like, well, then you are trash. Um, Yeah. I um, look, I think that, I mean, they had like a couple of rock artists when I was, they had water parks when I was there, um, you know, and they're, they're good, you know, they were doing well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was something to look at kind of, but, but like you're such small potatoes, comp- you know, compared yeah, you to their big are, dogs, but, at, but they were at least, um, an independent label. So I, you know, 300 was actually a, just a huge independent label. Oh, um, okay. they Know, with like a, a big partner company or whatever. So that was something that was enticing about it, you know? And I also just on a personal level, like when I was very first signing, I, I really just got along with the people, you know, that, that matters a lot the most. Yep. I felt like they understood like my vision the most and were like the most excited about it. So that was kind of the main, you know, thing that I, I went for in that situation. And I actually still uh, work with my A&R who signed me, this guy named Jeff okay. He's awesome. He's a fucking legend uh, in the music industry. He's been, he's done everything you want to do, met everyone you wanted to meet. Fucking, he's just like a legend. But he's really like outside the system now. And um, he just, he came with me when I, when I left. And so I still work with him and he still helps um, me on like the back end behind the scenes shit. But um, yeah, so the label thing, you know, the, the big, you know, obviously I posted that video yeah. and, um, and it got, some attention um so for anybody who doesn't who hasn't seen it what was the sort of gist of that video yeah the the gist of that video so i posted this video um titled why you should never sign to record label and i i i mainly wanted to post it not just to like talk shit or whatever like about a label or complain because i don't i don't feel that way i don't like it's not a complaining thing to me but it was more so just to like kind of explain to like my fans and people who are still paying attention like why I've been like gone for a year and like haven't posted and haven't dropped any music and just kind of like fell off the face of the planet. And people are like, are you still alive? And all that type of shit, you know, it was a lot to just clarify, you know, that, but because when you're signed to a label like that, you can't just put shit out when you want to, how you want to. Yep. You cannot do that. Um, and there's a, a lot that you can't do, but, um, yeah, it was, it was basically just so, you know, I, when I first signed, Obviously, I was young. I hadn't moved to L.A. yet. I was, you know, just getting started with everything. And I knew, you know, you hear uh, the warnings and you, you think, you know, like, oh, yeah, the music industry, whatever. It sucks. It's corrupt. It's There's bullshit. Like, 
you think you get it and you understand, but you don't really understand until some shit happens to you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, like this is what people are talking about. And it's not even like the way that people think. It's like, it's not like this crazy, like evil mastermind. Cigar smoking guys. Like, ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. The guy, this is gonna, yeah. He thinks he can run the show. No, it's not really like that. It's actually, it's actually a lot stupider than that. It's like, Oh, this person quit and they were my contact. And now the new person doesn't give a shit about me. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. It's just, it's just like any job. It's just like corporate bullshit. You know, that's, that's like what is, and it's so much of it that it's like, it's almost impossible to uh, weave your way through it if you're not like a huge artist. So, I mean, even when, even when you are fucking a huge artist, sure. it's like possible, but you know, when I first signed off the backs of my virality and stuff, like it was okay. It wasn't too bad. And I liked the people I was working with for the most part. And it wasn't like horrible or anything like that. Um, but like over time, you know, as soon as a little bit of that virality starts dipping down as it does, you know, you don't, yeah. We can't control the algorithm. Sometimes it's in our favor. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you're doing shit that's worth being viral that doesn't go viral. And sometimes you're doing shit that's worth being viral and it does go viral. Yeah. You can't always fucking control what the fuck's going to happen. So as but the soon label as the, doesn't care. You know, no, they they're like they tough shit. Figure it out. Yeah, obviously not. So then as soon as they start seeing the the smallest chink in the armor, you know, the tiniest chink in the armor, it's like, okay, well, but we don't really want you to release anything until like you got like another viral like moment happening so just why don't you just work on that you know why don't you just on getting us a viral moment for a while you know until and then and then we'll maybe talk about you know starting a, a six week long pre-save campaign and, and what's a- crazy about that to me is like well what the fuck do you do then if i have to make the music and i have to market it by you know going viral and stuff what the fuck do you do other than get me on some playlists oh yeah they don't i mean they and they they can't even guarantee that either i mean they, they don't do anything they're a bank that's what they do. They give you money, but then you don't need a bunch of money for like to make your music. No, of course not. I mean, I'm the one making all my fucking music, but me and, you know, a couple of my close friends are doing it all our bedrooms, you know, essentially. So yeah, it's, it's not like, um, it's not the type of thing I need to go get money from a label and rent out a famous Hollywood studio. Record drums for three months Um, and spend a hundred grand. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, of course you don't need that. Of course I need, you know, it's nice to have money for music videos and, you know, to make shit. That's that's necessary in some type of yeah. way. Um, it's a very yeah. expensive bank, though, is the problem. It's a very expensive bank, and it's a bank that you don't really ever pay, like, ever pay like off. Like Sean, if you remember her, like, she yeah, still I, owes I, them fucking 800 grand. <laughs> saw that tweet the other day where she That's doesn't fun. owe them i mean people people say they owe, she doesn't owe them but she will not she's yeah. 800 grand in the hole in the hole yeah. yeah but it's like but that doesn't make any sense because if she's got like shit that's streaming you know whatever tens of millions of streams yeah. or oh what her music is really streaming i haven't looked but i assume it's if it's she posted it was platinum so i'm assuming sure. it's like enough yeah. stream like that's like not no money like that's great that there's that's weird you know yeah. and and I've I've just accepted that like all of the music that I've dropped in the past two years from damn up until fucking I'll never make a penny on it or something like, yeah I'm never I'm never any yeah. ever I mean I I can make sub publishing or whatever you know when it gets played on serious octane and shit yeah. and that's fine but like all those stream money all the music video money like gone forever and I have no way of verifying I don't know what's I don't know if they're cooking the books I don't know I mean, you, you can know. audit them if you really want to but yeah but then it's just like well, okay well I gotta go spend tens of thousands yeah. of dollars on legal fees and all this other shit like that I it's just it's crazy spend you know, twenty have, grand to potentially make fifteen or something you know. Yeah, or or I lose because they have a fucking a legal team of ten of right. the players ever, and right. I'm there trying. You know, it's like they know it's an unwinnable fight for somebody right. like. Me, so it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to even try. So I you still just, think uh, it was smart for you to do this, though. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Like, even if it didn't necessarily work out the way that you wanted to, I mean, what's the alternative? You say no to that, you know, when you're like a kid in Oregon? I don't don't regret doing it because um, it got me to L.A., it yeah. got me, you know, I was broke. It got me some money in my pocket that I needed desperately. It gave me the ability to make music full time and work on shit and gave me the ability to, you know, build up a little bit of a following and go on a tour and what, you know, got it, on a bunch of big it, festivals it, and stuff. Yeah, it helped launch. It absolutely helped launch. I'm not going to lie and be like, you know, there is zero positive side to signing to a label. Yeah. I still don't think that somebody should do it i think that once you're in the position i was already in going viral and stuff i think that if i could go back and do it all over again i probably would have been able to still be able like get enough money to move to la and make music videos or whatever hey what's up my name's lurk and i'm the host of lamb goats van flip podcast every week i have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene big and small we also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up and coming bands on the show as well so come check out lamb goats van flip podcast because i'd be making the money or i could go get a, a distribution deal or something and not you know give away all the control you can push it on a credit card and come out ahead versus a label exactly Exactly, bro. Just fucking put get a uh, American Express card yeah. and run up a hundred thousand dollars, and then just watch all my you know fucking damn has made a hundred thousand dollars for sure. Right. You right. know, in a gold record, so it's like you know you just watch them come in anyways. So yeah, I mean, like I I would have necessarily done it differently, but I also don't regret doing it because I definitely met a lot of people through doing it. It was, you know, exciting and it was kind of like, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, your lifelong goal is to like blow up and get signed. You know, that's a thing. Yeah. And it's got this kind of romantic like connotation to it, you know, where you're just like really you really want to get signed. And I wanted to. And it was, you know, fucking I'm on the phone and my mom's crying and we're just happy and celebrating. It's awesome. You know, it's like. It was so cool. So, you know, there was obviously some positive things that came as a side effect of me making that decision. But I mean, I think there would have been plenty of other positive things that would have still came had I just been smarter and gone a different route. But but you never uh, know, because you didn't know then what you know now. Like, yeah, if you could go back in time, you know, in the and and take all the knowledge that you have now back to 2020, maybe it would turn out differently. But that's not how it works. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty, and yeah. uh, and you can all always look back and think about what you would do differently all the time. Every, I mean, I'm right. sure I'm going to look back at this phase of my life and this album, and probably have something I would have changed, you know, or whatever. But that's that's the thing is like you can't art and and something I I've also realized about like you know listening back to some of those older songs, just being like, eh, I don't like them anymore. I don't whatever, and that's fine. But like you know, art is a capture of a moment in time, you know, if that's what it captures. And so I'll be making this album and I'm stoked on it right now. It's like everything about it. I'm like so excited about and feeling so good about. I'm sure that five years from now, I'm going to look back and be like, I wish I would have done something a little bit different, but it doesn't matter because the important thing is, is that I'm just capturing the spirit of now, you know, that's what I do. And that's, that's the, humanity in it you know i i read um one of the one of the things that got me kind of going on this like album like in in a really big way was like reading a rick rubin's new book which i don't know if you've read that but it's it's so fucking good it's insanely good and it's just like gold on every page and you know there's like a quote he talks a lot about this kind of idea but there's one quote that always sticks out of my head and he says if your song has three flaws it might not be finished, but if it has eight flaws, it might be finished. <laughs> like meaning that, uh, you know, the humanity of art being captured goes much longer than it being perfect. And, oh, I would have tweaked yeah. this word or I would have tweaked this lyric or whatever. I mean, you're matter. wearing a mayhem shirt. You know, you listen to a mayhem recording. It sounds like absolute sounds dog, like dog shit. And you and make, that's, and that's make, why it's great. Make, gonna make me name three mayhem songs now <laughs> i only know one <laughs> yeah um, I, actually i don't even i don't even remember the name of that one the <laughs> moon whatever one moon yeah yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but i mean that's you know i mean i i think in my opinion 
the the biggest issue with like rock right now is just that everything is so goddamn like sterile and clean and perfect yep. and they're trying yep. so hard you know to to make it a marketable product which ironically makes it less marketable yeah even even the way they look think about the way most band members look in th- these days they're all they all look like fucking baristas uh yeah they're all super <laughs> undercut with the thing yeah. and hair and the gel whatever and then the per, you know the like super clean style and the skinny yeah. jeans and the per, you know they're or all youth pastors they're all handsome like bro like you know that's not what fucking what did like think about what like jonathan davis looked like back in the day you know it's like some piece of shit you'd see at a bus stop that's a fucking crazy looking motherfucker yeah. and it's all, you know because it's real and you know obviously whatever that's, that's how they look that's how they look and that's fine but yeah. like I'm kind of just really tired of just seeing like the fucking clean cut white guy play yeah. the gent riff, you know, like I mean, just that- everything on Octane. I shouldn't say everything, but like 90% of stuff I'm, on Octane. I'm on Octane, you know. Well, that's what's 90% other than Jarvis Johnson. <laughs> uh, I mean, there no, I mean, there is some good stuff on Octane and I think what Jose does is like really cool and I get it, but yeah. I yeah. mean, he doesn't make the music, but um yeah. It's just, it's so safe, and it reminds me of, like, do you remember, I don't know if you paid attention to this stuff, but, like, maybe 10 years ago or so, like, the tail end of the, like, Joey Sturgis era with all the, like, MySpace metalcore bands all sounded exactly the fucking same, and and Joey's my friend and business partner, it's not a diss on him, but, yeah, like, yeah. they all, everyone copying him and copying the Devil Wars Prada and asking Alexandria and all that shit, it's like all this shit looks and sounds exactly the fucking same. Yep. And I feel like we're in that moment now with like sort of current, you know, whatever they play on Octane. Yep. Yep. It absolutely does. And um, yeah, I'm I'm tired of hearing it. You know, I just like I want to. But something I, I, I was tired of hearing it back, you know, a couple of years ago when I was yep. saying future of rock and <laughs> blah, 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 you know, like all that type of shit. Like I was. I was still saying it back then, but what I failed, what I failed to do was capture the true essence of rock and metal music. And yeah. I thought, because I thought, well, the true essence of rock and metal music is just like a fuck you attitude and stuff. But um, what I started realizing was that, you know, look, people are not going to um, see me as a rock or metal artist unless I got some shit that sounds like rock and metal in there. Yes. But that doesn't mean that I can't be creative, push the boundaries, do different shit, blah, 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 whatever. And um, something else I realized too, the, the one of the reasons why um, all of this shit that is happening now, like the Octane Core stuff and all the all the shit that sounds so samey, and the reason that the reason that we hate it is not only because it just all sounds the same. Yeah but because it actually genuinely fails to reach the greatness that most of the actual huge rock and metal bands that came before yes. have captured. I don't think like, those bands have anything to say. They don't They're just any, like, they don't. Oh, this is what kind of song I'm supposed to write. Okay. It's like, you know, the people that write jingles for commercials or whatever. Okay. You want something that sounds like this and this key. All right. Yeah. I can bang it out. It sounds like they're making music for a business yes in order exactly to make enough money to scrape by so they don't have to go work at starbucks <laughs> yes you know, and hey listen if that's what you want to do with your life that's cool but i don't want to fucking listen to it yeah it's fine and and there's people that like it and whatever too and that's also fine you can like whatever the fuck you want that's not my point my point is just that for me somebody who has who Rock and metal was the genre, you know, that was what spoke to me when I, when I was, when I grew up and when I was just entering the phase of becoming an individual, you know, that, that, you know, wherever it is, like between nine and 13 or something, when you're like, I'm a person. I like this and that. And yeah, yeah, I guess I don't like that, whatever, you know, rock and metal and those bands, like that is what spoke to me. And the reason it spoke to me is because I was listening to all these fucking great bands that had some shit to say and yeah. do. And that was like, holy fuck. And it was so mind blowing. And so just like, I mean, I'm at, you know, I was being a 14 year old and listening to fucking the self-titled album or what a slipknot, you know, for the first time and just being like, I have never heard anything <laughs> like this. This is so crazy. 
and it just blew blew my mind, you know, and like there's just nothing mind blowing about ninety nine percent of metal yeah. bands now. The most mind blowing thing, I guess you could say, is like the fucking deathcore vocalist arms race that's happening. Yeah, where- which to me is just so boring and nothing against any of those bands. It's just like okay, we did it. Like, can oh, we do something else now? To a demon from hell can I sound? And it's yeah. and it's impressive. I mean, I can't fucking do that. It is But how many more times do we need to do it? Okay, yeah, well yeah. Ramos is awesome and amazing and he did it. You don't yeah. need to do it again. He did it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't need more, you know, just like how the world doesn't need two Slipknots. The world does, doesn't need two Will Ramoses either. Right. You know, so like you got to do what only you can do. And that is what makes art special. And that's what makes artists and bands specials when they get like, you know, you're a so I know you're a certified system of a down hater, but like disliker. Man, there has no yeah disliker. There has there has never been before and there will never be after a band that sounds like them. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. Sound so unique. It's fucking totally. how weird they sound and unique they sound. And especially and, for a band that mainstream. Yeah, especially for a band that mainstream. It's I mean, if you cool. compare them to whatever obscure, like, avant-garde shit, yeah, it's not that weird. But for, you know, a band that has, like, five Billboard Top 10 albums, yeah, it's weird as shit. Yeah, so weird. And, it's, and the reason it worked and resonates is because it's authentic, genuine boundary pushing art that has yeah. something to say and it was really great it was greatness they captured greatness and what most bands now fail to capture is true greatness true greatness yep. you know like and there's a lot of ways you can define true greatness you know and it's not necessarily even up to me to define true greatness because there's a lot of ways you can be truly great um but, but if you look at the bands line, that are standing out sleep token polyphia bad omens Yep. You know, they are doing something that is yep. unique and different. And they do have something to say. There, there's some true greatness there. There's a little yeah. bit of true greatness there. They're not all my particular thing. And, um, you know, they're not all the exact way that I would like to push the genre forward. But that's cool. That's fine. Because I'm going to push the genre forward the way sure. I see it. You know, the way I perceive rock. And, like this album that I've been working on is is truly like, the Jairus perception of rock and metal. Like the Jairus interpretation of rock and metal is what this album is. And that's good because. You so unfold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And of course, I, I mean, I knew, I knew that when I dropped this song, when the darkness comes, um, I knew that people were going to fucking say it sound like a yeah. unfold, sound like Metallica, sound like whatever. And that's fine because when you're doing, when you're a artist that breaks onto the scene with something, that gets a lot of attention like that people ref- even like, you know, whatever bad omens or sleep token, I'm sure before, you know, when they were first breaking, people were like, Oh, this, this, this reminds me of this. So this sounds like this. Cause people just love to throw you into whatever, something they're yeah. familiar, with. you know, that's all it is. Well, I mean, that's what they said about hail to the King when it came out. They're like, Oh, this sucks. It just sounds like Metallica black album. And now they're just saying, I sound like a yeah. I'm like, that's, I'm like, you guys like, if you look at the comments on any of my fucking TikToks that have blown up uh, about when the darkness comes, it's like, it's just a line of like, well, this sounds like this. Well, no, no, no. It actually sounds like this because this came before it. But no, no, you guys are missing this thing right here. Do people, and, it drives me nuts how people get so autistic about kind of like who did it first and this and that. Like, it doesn't fucking matter, guys. If you like the song, that's the only thing that matters. Bro, I wrote an awesome riff. Just say it's a fucking awesome riff and let's move on. You know, it's like, yeah, all of, that matters. Course, of course, it's inspired by Avenged Sevenfold and Metallica. And like, duh, like, duh. And I and I was purposefully making a riff right. that sounded like that. Like, it is obvious. But what I did in the song is the whole chorus of the song does something that Metallica and Avenged Sevenfold could never and would never do. Venom Sevenfold might do it. They haven't yet, but <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> they do some weird shit. But yeah, nothing's off the table for them at this point. Yeah. But, but but no, but you're right. I mean, yeah, that riff sounds like them, but the rest of the song doesn't. Yeah, the rest of the song absolutely doesn't. And um, you know, and then of course, and then you have people that are like, I, you know, you ruined the song with the chord. That stupid trap part in the chord. Like it should have just been a rock, you know, whatever. Oh, so then I can, you can really tell me I'm just ripping yeah. off, you know, Metallica or well, something so, like no. I, I wanted to do something that was my interpretation of 
a classic metal, you know, four on the four thing. It wasn't just good enough for me to do that and just like, yeah, do a chorus that's just the same thing, like a Metallica yeah. chorus. Like, why would I do that? It's been done. You know, I want to do something. I mean, you're not you're not going to do that better than the Black Album. Nobody of ever course, will. Of course not. And I and I don't care to. But what I did care to do was go listen to the Black Album and go, hmm, what if I did my Jarrus version yeah. of some shit like this? You know, what would that sound like? And I did it. And I was like, I love this. This this feels like me. You know, yeah, this feels like I agree with that. I feel like, uh, you know, I've been a little bit, uh, you know, obsessed with, I kind of did the reverse. Like, I was so obsessed with, like, the future, the future, the future. Yeah. Like, how do I make something sound like the future, the future, the future? And then something I, when I kind of really realized about this, like, greatness thing, and, like, the reason that most of these bands are so boring now is not because they're not, like, necessarily uh adding you know it's not because they're not adding an 808 into their fucking shit it's because they're just not making anything great that's really what and so i started looking back and listening back to older shit listening back to all the event when i was first getting into metal like you know fucking nightmare or a self-titled album or whatever and like listening to those albums and being like what was what was the greatness that I felt from this and how do I use that as inspiration and capture that and move it forward in my own way? And that was what I really focused on. So ironically enough, you know, the future of rock guy kind of in the past year, I've really actually been listening to a lot of old shit <laughs> and trying to really feel and understand what it's like to make something truly great because I can't listen to shit now that's truly great because it's it's doesn't too, exist. Too it doesn't really exist. Yeah. You know? Like we've said, there's a couple people that are really just now starting to fucking come into their own and start yeah. making shit that's really great and stuff. But, um, you know, it's uh, up until this point, you know, it's kind of like been pretty dry. So, yeah, it's it's just been a big it's been a big journey and a big like it's been a big um, kind of reversal of my interpretation of rock and metal in the way that like. I realize that it's not because they need to add more electronics into rock and metal. It's because we need to make something that's truly great again. Yeah. And of course, which part may of have eight oh eight in it or may not. Yeah, of course, part of something being truly great is its boundary pushing in its own way and its yeah. unique. Way. That is part of something being great. But you could but, just make a great rock song with you know guitars, bass, drums, yeah, and vocals. And I, and, and I have songs on this album um, that are that that don't have electronics in it. I, But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. I do have a couple songs like that. So um, do you think, I, um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. I, you mentioned something earlier about, you know, saying that uh, basically that, that rock fans were not going to accept you as a rock artist making the music you were making before, which I, I agree with that. Um, and do you, so it, it almost feels like you, you're kind of saying like, all right, I'll throw you a bone. Here's some guitars. 
Is <laughs> is there anything to that? Because it's true. Like they hate even now they hate 808s. They hate you know quote unquote auto tune. You know there's certain things that if you yeah. do it, rock fans are just not going to be into it. Yeah. Yes. I mean I think yeah I think there is a little bit of me kind of going like all right. It's really it's actually really this. I'll put it this way. It's really like me going, okay, motherfuckers, you want to hear me make a rock and metal album? I'll show you how a fucking real artist makes a rock and metal album. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. That's the, that's the challenge that I've, I've wanted to rise to. It's like, I want to make all of these fucking bands look silly right now and make it look like they're not even trying because I can do rock and metal better than they can. And that is what I want. That's the challenge I wanted to rise to is I wanted to show rock and metal fans like, look, you guys want to hear me do a rock and metal album. I'm going to show you what the fuck a real rock and metal album sounds like. What a real boundary pushing rock and metal album that rises to the greatness that I feel like the genre deserves. And in doing that, look, yes, I'm throwing them a bone, but there is absolutely going to be rock and metal fans that fucking hate this album. There absolutely will be. You know, not every song is as... uh friendly to rock and metal fans is when the darkness comes is i'll just say that right now there's definitely some shit on there that's going to challenge their uh brain to a degree it has not been challenged in in a long time but i think it does i've i've kind of given what i had to do was especially because i also wanted back to my earlier point where i because i can do everything i i could i i should but i shouldn't you know like what I what I really did with this album going into this is I've decided to uh, give myself a limited toolbox, like a sandbox with right. a few tools in it. And I have to be as creative and interesting and me with these tools in the toolbox. That's what I have to do. I see there's other tools out there and I will usually want to gravitate towards those tools and I could and it would be awesome. But I want to make an album that's cohesive front to back that has a sound that has a brand that has an identity has a message. I want to do that. I want to make a fucking actual album. That's, that's a fucking statement. And in order to do that, I've had to limit myself with a certain set of tools and I can only use those tools. And yes, a couple of those tools are like live drums and guitar in every song. Gotta happen. I can do anything. I can go as crazy as I want, but there's got to be live metal and rock and metal drums and guitar in every song, some type of way, some type of way. So that was like a tool tool that I had to use. And, you know, it, it was just kind of about that was, was just about giving myself the boundaries of a certain thing that I have to work in. And I could usually go out here, or I could go over here, but I have to challenge myself to get as creative as possible with these tools and only these tools. And um, I just, I can't wait for, for people to kind of grasp the whole picture, you know, of what I have going on. Each, each single that I drop, like I said, when the darkness comes really like the first single from this album. And, um, and I'm going to so do, is it know, done now or still working on it? Um, it's, it's probably 70 to 75% done. And then of course there's like, a, you know, a bunch of mixing and mastering and stuff yeah. that has to happen as well, but it's, it's pretty well put together. I know, I know the, the song, the 16 songs that are going to be on it. So that part's, that part's done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's getting there and I'll probably do like, you know, a handful of extra singles. I got another single. Um, the other one I sent you before Ode to Metal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, <laughs> Popping um on december 1st so that'll be like the next follow you know i'm very curious to see like because it does such a good job that song does such a good job of like kind of all right when the darkness comes kind of gives you a peek into what i'm doing but like yeah. oh, to- oh wait like 
Jairus hasn't given up on being crazy either. You know, right. like it is fucking crazy. So I'm excited to to kind of put that out and give people like some more insight into like what's actually going on here, you know, on this album. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it must feel good to be able to like put stuff out again and not be in a holding pattern. Yes, it absolutely does. And it's and it's so fun, too, because you know, it's doing so well. It's like, what are we like two or three weeks into the release? It already has a million streams. It's got 500,000 wow. on YouTube. And it's like the, it's not even just like, you know, it's like, it's got 500,000 views on YouTube and the comments are like over a thousand comments, which, you know, like that's yeah. good. Engagement. Yeah. That's like a high level of engagement. So it's like, it's just, it feels good to like have a win right away. It's like the first song, the first one back a fucking win take me away you know, I technically i dropped that but that was really more of like a you know a little bit of like a warm uh, appetizer yeah. kind of didn't really have like a real music video or like a real thing which is kind of like hey guys i'm doing rock and metal now kind of you know um but when the darkest comes really like the first true like unveiling of the new project kind of and to have it win and do so well so early and have have me be i'm not on a label nobody can take that away from me fuck you motherfuckers i'm independent and i'm already fucking crushing like that just goes to show you like the first song that i've dropped independent is doing better than the last fucking 10 songs i dropped on a label <laughs> yeah know? that's and, amazing i i actually didn't realize it was doing that well but that's amazing because it yeah. certainly wouldn't feel i mean you know if this kind of stumbled out of the gate you'd, you'd probably just be like well all right you know i gotta rebuild but it's gotta just feel amazing to have a win out of the gate absolutely does it really does feel amazing and i've had you know a lot of people like you know, dudes like Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Radke and stuff hit me up and just be like, bro, song's fucking awesome. Post it on his story, share it, like all that type of shit. Like getting the co getting the cosign from the, you know, people texting me and be, be like, bro, this shit is on like another level. Like this is, this is going to go off. This is going to fucking pop off. And like, just to have it do that well right away. Like it's so good. It's going to go to radio. They're doing a radio push already getting okay. spun on and a bunch. Um, it just, it just feels so good. And I'm just so, I feel like it's just the universe being like, Hey bro, like you made the right call. You know, you did the right thing. This is going to work. You know, this is going to fucking work. So yeah. And if it didn't do well, then, you know, whatever, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kill myself over it. It'd just be like, all right, I believe in, I believe in the project as a whole that like, it's the kind of thing too, that like people aren't going to understand based off one song. It's going to take time to build, you know, you're going to understand what I'm doing by the time you've heard four singles and I've dropped the album and you look at the album cover and you see all the music videos and you hear the lyrics and you listen to all the songs. You're going to be like, oh, he's doing. He this. likes Skyrim. Yes, he likes Skyrim or whatever. Like, yeah, it's it's going to be very obvious to people what my brand is. And then people, you know, will be able to say like, oh, have you heard of Jairus Johnson? He does. Exactly. This, like, metal it's like metal mixed with fantasy shit mixed with like hip-hop shit and like all together and it's really easy to describe whereas like before it's like oh well he kind of does like weird like butt rock stuff and then he does like these like covers and remixes and then he kind of does like these ballads and then he does this like a weird like hyper pop stuff and then he, it's like it was just like impossible to describe to anybody Which i appreciate but unless you're like mr bungle and you really hang your hat on just being being insane that, you know yeah, yeah, and you have a frontman who's in like a super famous band to sort of carry it. You know, yeah, yeah it's yeah. tough. Yeah, so this is so it just like I couldn't feel more like I'm on the right path, you know. And to have the song do so well and um, you know be like working so well and just like the fact that it's already going to go to like my number one song on my Spotify like as a brand new song is like just so awesome and it just feels so good like yes and this is really like the first kind of really the first song that I feel like people are truly like you know I'm I'm kind of just like being myself you know I'm just like I'm being the artist and the musician that's just me you know it's not like me being being like we're saying fuck you and wearing ski goggles and like and everybody it's just like I'm just being me and I'm just making the music that I wanted to make and um, to your question uh, earlier as well, like about if I was just throwing rock and metal fans a bone, um, it was also really like the like I feel like I'm kind of making an album for my 14 year old self that first got into rock and metal, you know, and um, and because of that, I wanted to make shit that sounded like rock and metal with live drums and guitars and stuff because 
uh, that's what my 14 or 15 year old self would have wanted to hear. You know, of course, I also would have wanted to hear the crazy shit, too, because I, I was I had the same kind of taste as that back then as I do now in a way. But um, yeah, that was a, that was another reason why I wanted to to go this route with everything. But anyways, yeah, it just feels great. And it just feels it feels so good that people are like acknowledging it and just like that. It's it's had a little bit of a moment. And it's just going to keep growing and people are just going to keep understanding more and more like who I really am. And it just feels like it's going to work. Cool. Well, that sounds like a good place to leave it. Uh, as always, appreciate your time. Always good to talk to you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now.